Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. everybody and welcome into another episode of the Brett Allen show today on the podcast we have a very special guest the super talented actor and musician John Schneider you know him from such things as Dukes of Hazard. I mean that's just to start his wonderful music career and just all the other things that he is involved in in his life and his career and we have him on the line with us I'm excited for this conversation John Schneider, welcome into the podcast. It's great to have you here today, sir. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Well, I have to tell you, I've been a fan for a very long time. And when I started the podcast, I had put a list together of people I wanted to have. And you were on the list because you were just somebody that I wanted to talk to for sure. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's very true. And when I was putting this list together... I thought, who are some of the most amazing people that I could have a conversation with? And I thought, John Schneider has to be on <laughs> on the whiteboard list. Tell me, though, why was I on your list? Well, because I feel like when you talk to people and you do your interviews and all of these different things, you're very honest and you're very transparent about your life and everything that's going on. And so I have to say that's one of the things and one of the types of situations that we like to have on the show because it's appealing to myself and appealing to the listeners, if that makes sense. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I want to start out with the fact that you have brand new music, a new album, actually, that was released, Truck On, on April 2nd right. uh, through BFD Audium Nashville, and the album benefits the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Yes. Um, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Let's talk about that and how that came about for you, John. Well, the music actually came from uh, the movie we finished last year called Stand On It. Great movie. Which was our tribute to Smokey and the Bandit. Um, thank you. I appreciate I'm so proud of that movie. And we have, uh, at, I just now piled all of my, uh, my timelines. Uh, Poker Run is a five reel movie. I just compiled the timelines and they're sitting here behind me rendering right now so i'm very excited but stand on it birthed the music uh for truck on and what we noticed during our uh our time on the road my wife and i spent a lot of time on the road uh doing music and and bringing movies to drive-ins and sometimes we actually bring a drive-in if they don't have one we bring it ourselves kind of crazy we noticed so many trucks were out on the road so many trucks everywhere um, to the point where it was hard to even find a space in a rest area. So I realized during the uh, during the pandemic uh, that we really do. This country is run on the uh, on the wheels of our truck drivers. Uh, all of our supplies come from them. All of our medications come from them. All of our DVDs come from them. So I wanted to do something that that could help them out. 
And as you can imagine, being a truck driver is not exactly the most uh, conducive lifestyle to health. So we found the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, uh, which are, are folks that help truckers in need. Uh, a lot of their needs are, uh, are medical related, a lot of diabetes in the trucking industry. So we wanted to, uh, we wanted to do something to help them out. So we had already, we were doing the music and then we decided, okay, we're going to, to donate a portion of this to this wonderful organization. Um, and since then, we've actually played a couple of, uh, a couple of different places um, with the movie and the music. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of wonderful. You know, I do believe that you're supposed to, you are going to leave a mark when you go. It's up to you whether or not it's a stain. So anyway, we did that. We decided to do something good, good, good for our truck drivers because they've been doing wonderful things for us for so long. So uh, that's where Truck On came from. We have since done the movie Poker Run. We're also, we've recorded four of the 10 songs that'll be in Poker Run. We've recorded those so far. We go back to Nashville, uh, I think the end of next week to do six more. So it's, uh, it's, it's such a delight to be my age now and still just loving every minute of everything that I do, which I believe is a choice. You can be a thank God it's Friday person, or you can be a thank God it's right now person. And I choose to be a thank God it's right now person. I love that. And again, that's part of the reason why I, I've wanted to have you on the show and to talk to you about all these things, because you've been working, John, for a very, very long time. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been at this for so long that probably, you know, at some point you could stop or you could quit or maybe take a break or something along those lines and just kind of say, well, you know, <laughs> okay, maybe not, probably not then. I couldn't. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. In any case, it's great to see all the amazing work that you've done and just all the things that you've been a part of. You have the music and you have the movie. And one of the things that I find interesting about the projects that you have done recently and we're talking poker run that's coming out and of course uh the other film as well uh stand on it which is great it's just right. kind of uh a throwback to some of the classic movies that have come out in the past i appreciate it you know there's it's a it's a um kind of a lost genre nobody nobody makes uh what I call Southern horsepower comedy anymore. And I, I don't know why. I mean, it was uh, in the 70s and and uh, 80s, it was king. And for some reason, people have uh, either lost the recipe. You know, maybe it's like uh, MacArthur Park. I've lost the recipe and I, I'll, I'll never be able to make it again. I, I just, I think that this kind of movie makes people friendlier somehow. 100%. You know, it makes people slap a stranger on the back and say, wasn't that great? Love it, love it. Um, it makes people want to want to go out and polish their car, <laughs> whether it's a Hellcat or a Supra, you know, or, or a, a Volkswagen Bug. You know, it, it just makes people want to go outside and be part of something. I love that perspective. Um, and, and that's what movies did when I was a kid. That's what the Dukes of Hazard did. I mean, it got people out in their driveways on their big wheels or in their on their bicycles. <laughs> um, and I think it's a I think it's a very, a very important part of 
um, our childhood, even if you're 61, you know, I'm still living my childhood and, uh, and I'm delighted to share it with people. I love that perspective just because the way Hollywood tells stories during this generation is just so completely different from the 70s or the 80s, obviously being 47. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a little bit different. And, yeah. and uh, but it's still, there's a classic art to the types of stories that were told. And, you know, even sliding across my parents' station wagon and scratching it up and getting in trouble. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but you still have a story, right? You still have a story to tell. I do. And uh, it just made for a fun time and a fun generation for films. And the way that films were made in the 80s and in the 70s, you know, some of these great Burt Reynolds movies that we've talked about are just so totally and completely different. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's not the same. And it's its like there's the CGI and there's all of the special effects. You know, you have cars darting around through outer space. It's just, as fun as they are, it's just not the same, you know? Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Um, it's funny. People will uh, people will say, you know, people who are, are uh, studiers of cinema, they'll say it's such a, it, it feels so much like the 70s. How do you? How do you do that? What is that? I don't know any other way. It's the only, <laughs> it's the only way I know how to how to uh, to make movies. My cuts are usually either straight cuts or J's or L's. I'm not a big guy that, that loves uh, uh, CGI. I, I I don't go for much of that. I I love that you said that the movies seem real. That that like stand on it could actually happen or maybe did. And and part of part of what I feel is important about. Uh, how you present your stories cinematically is that something something should never happen in the movie that can't happen. Uh, and what I used to call that, I guess I, I still do, is the oh come on, you know, when when all the when all the muscle cars are thrown out of the back of a C five A and somehow land on a desert still running in Arizona. Oh my gosh! It's like seriously, come on, because <laughs> I, I do believe that part of part of the heroism, if you will, of Dukes of Hazard, part of the heroism of what Burt Reynolds did, what Clint Eastwood still does, is that when you finish watching one of their movies, you want to be more like them. Oh, definitely, for sure. You know, and and if if they go the other side, if if the hero goes the other side of realism, now of course superheroes aside, I mean I did raise Superman after all. Yes. Or the boy who would become Superman. We can't forget that. No, we can't forget that. So I know a little something about superheroes. <laughs> but um, I, I think once you cross that line, you have you have violated a trust with your audience. 100%. So um, I, I'm delighted to hear you say that that it feels real. Dukes of Hazard felt real um, in a very odd way, in a very odd way smallville felt real yeah i agree with you and since you mentioned smallville we'll talk about it i think one of the things about that show in particular was the fact that it wasn't necessarily superhero driven per se although we as viewers kind of knew that was coming or expected that but really we're talking about this relationship between a father and a son who wants to see his boy succeed who wants to help him be accepted in a world that maybe wouldn't accept him and so many other subtexts 
and things that sort of took place during that storyline. You know what I'm saying? And that is what I think makes that beautiful. And yeah, even with some of these wild and crazy movies that come out today, although they're fun and entertaining, they just don't have the same panache, you know, and it's just so weird. Right. And but they're good movies because obviously they're doing well. And uh, I mean, just some of the things that you've done over your career, it's just there's a special thing to them, John. And I think that's what makes you appealing and and the things that you do so appealing to people who watch them. And uh, I just think it makes for great entertainment overall. That's great. Well, you know, we are we're we're uh, we're in the storytelling business. Um, so you have to I think you have to make sure that you have a story worthy of telling um, and then you have to know how to tell it. So um, it's such a it, it's such an honor to be able to for the last I, mean, I got my first Super 8 camera when I was probably eight or nine. So that was 1968. Um, to, to still be telling stories and now with the technology of today, uh I mean, I shoot a lot of a lot of uh, inserts and things for stand on it for poker run. I shoot with my phone. You know, you couldn't do that back in 1968. So I'm uh, I'm honored to still still be doing it and still having uh, people want to watch the content, want to want to uh, be told the story. But I'm really really proud of doing it independently from the machine. Uh, the machine has lost its mind, which I guess indicates that I think at some point the machine had its mind, but I, I don't think that's really true. Um, so it's uh, it's it's wonderful to be able to to be hopelessly in love with a woman who has the same dream. Um, and, and I don't know if you know this or not, but Alicia used to run Robert Evans' company at Paramount. So so she produced Notes from Underground. She produced uh, Autofocus. She produced Bark. She produced uh, The Badge. So she's she's a um, she's not someone with with just a casual interest in in movie making that is kind of gleaning off my exuberance. She came to the table with a with an entirely full box of tools that she had uh, honed and and worked to a fine point under the tutelage of one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, which was Robert Evans. And folks who are listening, Robert Evans did Rosemary's Baby. He did Harold and Maude. He did The Godfather. He did Chinatown. Uh, on and on and on. Robert Evans did some of the greatest movies that were ever made. And that's where my wife learned how to make movies. So you got me, who's basically a kid running around wrecking cars. <laughs> uh, and we've got my my bride, who is a very, very strict, you know, behind behind the fun of, of uh, stand on it and poker run is someone that really has to reel me in. And uh, I wouldn't wish that job on anyone. <laughs> I love it. That's great when couples like that can work together and be a part of the industry together and do so many amazing, fantastic things. I mean, like I said, John, from the start, your body of work is great and how fun it must be for you two to be able to work together and just create art, I guess, and do something fantastic. One last thing we have to talk about is CBOD. Well, my, uh, we, we come by things very naturally. What happened with Alicia and I, we started a movie called Christmas Cards three years ago, a little over three years ago. The very day we started, uh, she was diagnosed with stage four 
breast cancer. And I tell people she's as tough as a Waffle House steak because uh, not only is she still around, but she's also uh, she's she's in better shape than she's ever been. And and basically between you and I and, and everybody who's listening, she she kicked cancer's ass and continues to do so every day. She keeps that bad boy at bay. But one of the things that we discovered along the lines of uh, adjunct therapy was CBD oil. And we found that the, the best way I can put it is that CBD oil is such a natural element that it becomes a driver. And I'm not a doctor, but it, come, it becomes a driver for whatever else you're doing. Whether, whether it's medication or a diet change or whatever. I believe that, that it levels, levels your system so that it can better use the medication you're giving it and act better to heal itself, which is really what, what uh, we have a system that fights cancer. Uh, and those who get cancer, they don't necessarily get cancer, but their system has weakened and their cancer has strengthened. So the, the, the chore is to Put them back in balance. You can see my hands here, right? So put them back in balance. And I believe with all my heart and soul that CBD oil does that. So we talked to the people where we got our CBD oil and said, hey, you know, we would love to get involved with this. So we branded CBOD. Uh, and of course, it's apple pie moonshine, which, you know, it should make you smile. And it just did. So it worked. It worked. It's a wonderful, wonderful product. Uh, John Schneider's CBOD is where you can get it. If you have uh, tendonitis, if you have whatever it is that you have, um, it'll, it'll help. Uh, it'll help you sleep. There, we have a salve that'll help if you've got aches and pains or, or you know, shoulders with issues. We have a wonderful salve that Alicia and I both use every day. We still use this product every day. Um, and when, when she was, I'm not saying it's a cure for cancer. Please don't, don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm saying it is something as adjunct therapy that I believe will help all of your other therapies work better. So we continue to use it each and every day, uh, both in the uh, drop form and also in the salve form. Uh, I, I race, uh, uh, we both actually raced dirt track. And a couple of weeks ago, I I cracked a rib or two uh, in a on a racetrack, and I've been I've been using the CBD rub, the salve, CBOD salve, uh, every night before I go to bed. It's uh, it's wonderful. So uh, there you go. I love it. Yeah, I'm a huge advocate of those things. I think that those natural resources are some of the best. You know. Oh yeah. And you know, outside of normal medications that we take, I think they help for anxiety. Yep. And a bunch of other things that we might struggle with uh, as individuals. And so I'm a huge proponent of it, especially obviously living in California. You know, it's something that is fantastic. And I will definitely have to try some out for sure. I, I have to get my hands on it. And it's totally natural. That's what, you know, there are enemies of CBD oil who will, will pretend that it's some sort of a fabricated element. It's not. No. Um, I would argue, uh, by the way, if you have any kind of inflammation, yes, CBD oil is your friend. Oh, yeah. Um, I would argue, uh, uh, biblically speaking, when they, <laughs> they talk about anointing people with oil in biblical times, I think there were only two kinds of oil, olive oil and hemp oil. Absolutely. So there's a there's a very good possibility that uh, that CBD oil is in the Bible. And I'm, I, I believe it is. So uh, I'm with you, my friend. So we use it every day. We've had great <laughs> success with it. And uh, check it out. The, uh, the, uh, 
the apple pie moonshine is pretty cool. So uh, check that out. It's uh, it's fun. Let me let me tell you one more thing. Uh, Poker Run. Poker Run is uh, I just made it available for pre-order. What happened last year is we call uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. We call it Orange Friday in honor of the General Lee. I had around 10,000 orders between Friday and the following Wednesday that needed to be personalized. And it just about killed me. So I, I couldn't I couldn't get them all done in time. So what I just did, I put Poker Run up for pre-order, which means if you order it now, when I get the covers, I will start signing them next week. I still won't ship them out until right after Orange Friday, so December 1st, but I will spend months signing them, getting ready for that day rather than 10 or 15 sleepless days and nights. So that's what it is. The pre-order is up at johnschneiderstudios.com. Uh, if you pre-order it, please don't call me next week or text me next week or email me next week and say, where's my DVD? Because it won't ship until December 1st. I absolutely love it. John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. It's been, it's been fun. You're so very welcome. Continued success. Chase your dreams with both hands. Go grab them. They're out there for you. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.